This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome. It's the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie films to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up, in our very, very humble opinion. These get released wherever you get your podcasts every Tuesday. Today, we're doing a Fanged Up special, part three, that's correct, part three, talking about making feature films and acting with... Daniel O'Reilly, also known as Dapper Laughs. Hello, mate. Hello. Hello, he's in the intro. CJ. <laughs> I love breaking the rules. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm Charles Alderson, producer of the horror comedy A Serial Killer's Guide to Life. I'm also the director and producer of the vampire documentary World of Darkness with Kevin Lee, which is out now. And I'm director and co-writer, along with Johnny Grant, of the psychological horror feature film The Dare, which is so close to completion. I keep saying that, but it is. And I've just been to Sweden um, doing the new TV pilot called Not For Profit. And I'm producing the new film, Cassette, which starts literally in a couple of days' time. Joining me as my co-host today for this Fanged Up special is the lovely and wonderful, very talented director of... Freak Out, Stall, Stall, and now Fanged Up. And now, of course, the brilliant... And Goblin and Night Feed. Yeah, absolutely. And they were in the links a couple of weeks ago. If you did see them, let CJ know what you thought. Yeah, thanks, guys. How you doing? Yeah, good, all right. Yeah. Been up a bit of this, a bit of that. Been up to, you know, had a film out and stuff. Well, well, this is what's really exciting. Fanged Up is out now. Yeah. It's literally out now. And it went to number two in the iTunes chart. Right? iTunes horror chart. So it's a number it, like no 30-something in the overall chart in iTunes, which is pretty decent. Pretty decent. And the horror chart's number two, trailing behind A Quiet Place. So not too bad. Not bad at pretty, all. pretty decent. And you can go into Asda right now and pick yeah. up, and pick it up. We have got... A fraction of the marketing. I mean, we don't even really even have a marketing budget. Right. So to get it that high is, is a pretty testament to, to Dan here and, and Stu, yeah. Danielle and the rest of the cast, mm. all those guys. It's just, yeah, it's, it's that's totally, why it's doing totally. as well as it is. Yeah, and listen to Tuesday's podcast with Danielle Harold talking yep. about Fanged Up and with Dan Palmer, the brilliant yep. and lovely Dan Palmer. Uh, and also the week before was with Stu Bennett, mm. also one of the leads of Fanged Up and Wrestling Star. It's a brilliant podcast and much fun. You so, two had such amazing intros. I like, like all your, <laughs> it's, it's like going. Your, it's like your CVs. It's yeah. a full CV I'm, out every I'm, week. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, what? I came eighth in Big Brother. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Dan O'Reilly. Yeah. Every intro I ribbed Giles. And we discussed this. Because he's so excited. His yeah. Amazing introductions. And we discussed whether... We, though, we should, yeah, but that's the thing. We'd say, is yeah. it too much? Do we talk about ourselves too much? But no, if you don't no, do I it... Mean, my, yeah, my whole, my whole career started on, on uh, creating online content. And it's all about those first couple of seconds to grow 
grasp yeah. people's attention. That's what it's if about. If you come right? on and go, yeah, oh, this is a podcast, so just stay tuned. People are going to be like, nah. Yeah, yeah. Well, who is this <laughs> yeah. guy? Have they made, even made anything themselves? Well, is that always that fine line we talked about before? Is that fine line of being, you've got to be humble to some degree. Well, actually, yeah, but it also, for you at all, actually. For yeah, you, but Dan. they've got to think, why am I listening to this totally, guy? So you've got yeah. to tell them what you've done. Absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, it's yeah. just some guy wants to make films. Yeah. Whereas we're making films. All yeah. our hosts make films. So yeah. that's why. Well, actually, I think when we were like coming up as filmmakers, well, still coming up as filmmakers, when we're coming up as filmmakers, all the books you read, a lot of the stuff you read, mm. back in the day, mm. they're, they're created by people that don't necessarily have a career in films. I agree. And all my college lecturers, not yeah. dissing those guys, but uh, they had, a, I mean, one of the, his claim to fame was doing back projection on Z cars, like a 1950s, <laughs> 60s. Yeah. Yeah. And you're kind it's of going, like, what do you know yeah, about the indie film world? Yeah, and it's it true. doesn't really work. And anything. we do, we know about the indie film world as much as we We've made about. mistakes. We've Lots made massive of them. mistakes. <laughs> We're very humble about it. Yeah. <laughs> In some way. Um, okay, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to us on Podbean, SoundCloud, and we're part of the brilliant guys at Podfix Network. Um, there's some amazing shows on there. Do check them out. So we've you've kind of heard him already, but let's introduce him properly um, to talk about making feature films. His career is one of the stars and writers mm-hmm. of the vampire horror comedy Fanged Up. It's Daniel O'Reilly. Hello. Welcome right. to the Filmmakers Thank Podcast. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. This is the first piece of sort of work that I've done um, where I'm, I've been sort of called an actor, which is quite nice. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? Norm- well, you were acting. Normally I'm called right. a disgrace. No, no, no. <laughs> normally, I'm called, normally I'm like a comedian and stuff like that. So now, now that I've done a fi- now that I've done a film, it's quite nice. It's quite it's quite nice for people to say, oh. Um, your film you're or, an actor. You know, well, interestingly yeah. you were always an actor yeah. I feel like that was what Daffa Laughs was you were acting yeah. you were yeah a well I start. I actually start. I went to I wanted to be an actor from day one really I really wanted to be an actor yeah I auditioned for everything from Grange Hill to that's how long ago it was Grange Hill to <laughs> EastEnders right yeah to uh, I, I even yeah I auditioned for everything And did you get close on anything at all not really I was told a couple of times by casting directors that I was quite an over actor and to try comedy <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, yeah. good, good advice, really, yeah. right? And I, I mean, and I loved musical theatre, so I'd done a lot of theatre. Yep. I'd done a lot of amateur dramatics, mm-hmm. um, singing, dancing, and I'd done performing arts at college. Yeah. So singing, dancing, and acting. Um, and I think the first time my mum ever saw me uh, acting anything or come and watch me live was I was doing. Uh, uh, what's it called? I was I was the I was the MC in the Kit Kat Club on um, in Cabaret in Cabaret. Oh, yeah. yeah, welcome, bienvenue, welcome. Yeah, in fishnet uh, tights. We pay right. We have to pay uh, under, usage rights. Yeah. 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 Under, yeah. 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 under eight seconds, we're fine. But yeah, actually, it's a actually a really cool musical. What a great role. Yeah, I, yeah. She come in. She come in. I was in fishnet tights, lying on the piano. <laughs> so a million miles away from Dapper Laughs. Yeah, but, totally. But yeah, and then and then I sort of that you know I, I, I you know I was a bit of a naughty boy growing up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Different things happen. I ended up, um, I ended up uh, just, you know, ch- I wanted to perform in front of people, so I ended up over in like Cyprus at the holiday parks, calling the bingo. And, oh, really? And that's yeah, how yeah. I started putting my stand-up comedy together. Yeah. Ah. How did Dapper Laughs persona come about? Or what was the what was the sort the, of? The, I, I um I I I started doing open mic nights when I was really young, when I was like fifteen, sixteen. Wow, that yes, is young. Yeah, sneaking into pubs and. With my pals and you know to, to, to drink and then I you know we'd we'd saw open mic nights and I you know I managed to get on and do that when I was younger and as I got older eighteen nineteen I started taking it a lot more seriously and writing comedy and and, do, and doing the circuit when I went away I ended up working on the cruise ships mm. and it was real family friendly 
humour. Which is yeah. harder for you. Yeah, right? went, how did you do with that, trying to keep it clean? Well, no, it? I, always, I always was really originally clean anyway because it was i'd i'd started i'd started doing like holiday parks and you know family like hotels mm, so it had to be so clean. yeah but yeah. The, on the ships it was like uber clean it was like serious you know you had to write jokes that made chill like children grandparents and the parents laugh i started off as a compare on the ships for like six months done a couple of world cruises and as all the comedians came on flew on and flew off i watched how they'd done their shows and how they'd write mm. and i wrote one and i'd try five minutes before each you know, five okay, minutes before yeah. introducing comedians, which you're not meant to do. But yeah. I've done all that. And then I wrote a show and I managed to do a show in front of um, the crew and filmed it. And then pitched it. And then the next season I was flying on and off as a comedian. I've done that for four years. So when I came back, yeah, when I came back, I went back to the open mic nights. And that family-friendly stuff was not welcome. <laughs> and yeah, of course yeah, it's and not. Yeah, yeah, it had to be current political satire or, mm-hmm. you know, offensive a lot of the style of comedy, really, a big style of comedy is shock humour, where you just simply start a joke by saying one thing when you take them on a journey and then there's a shock at the end when it's something quite offensive. It's just a form of writing jokes. Right. Um, and, you know, I latched onto that, but I didn't feel confident enough because I didn't like a lot, some of the material, the content. Mm. I didn't feel confident enough doing it as myself. So I created an alter ego where I could really sort of mock that style of humour, you know, lad humour. Right. Um, and really push the boundaries beyond probably what I would normally have, have said myself. So you could have used Dapper Last yeah. as, a, as a sort of yeah. semi-shield to yeah. hide behind. And you yeah, could because do... it's very easy to go and tell jokes um, or to write jokes and to get a mediocre reaction from an audience. But if you want to get a real, real sort of name for yourself and a real belly laugh from the audience, you have to go one or two ways. Either really, really super intelligent with your comedy... Or, or the other way. Or the other way, which just, is which, and I'm not very intelligent. You, so for no, me, no, it's for well, you me, must be. You yeah, no, you say, you said what you mean. On set, you said a few times, you'd often like this. You'd say, oh, well, I'm not one of the smart guys. I'm not Oxford educated and all that stuff. And I think you, you're, you put yourself down very quickly. And I was, I was like, yeah, but you're smart enough to know, mm-hmm. you know, how to present yourself. Yeah, everyone makes mistakes. I mean, we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah, so you're, you're jumping on off ships doing now yeah. your, your refined comedy routine. Where did that translate to online? So it would have been Vine first. Yeah, yeah so when I came back, I come back and I started doing this persona on stage and I just, I, 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 I it was taking a long time for anything to kick off for me. Nothing was kicking off for me. So I, I opened my own estate agents and I got into business. So Naturally. Spent, yeah, so obvious digression. Yeah, there, yeah. Comedian into estate agents. Yeah. I bet you had a laugh yeah. when you were going around Oh well, yeah, them, yeah, right? cracking jokes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. showing people in houses going, oh, bit of toilet, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. toilet humour. Toilet yeah. Yeah. Here's a kitchen suite up. No, I'm, yeah. no. I'm the plumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit yeah. of drum all happening yeah. here, darling. Yeah, that's the back door. See how, see what I mean? Yeah, it just comes straight. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I, no, I just wasn't. Get, I wasn't making dough, and um, I started working for an estate agent, and then I, I thought to myself, well, this is easy. What he's doing. Mm. So I just, I just started my own business. I'd saved up money from the from the cruise ships, and I started my own business, and that started making good dough. And then I couldn't go and do the stand up as much, and then. I saw uh, Vine. I just saw Vine and I'd spend all day writing these jokes, mm. these little jokes, and I have to save them up in my book till Sunday night to go and do them. And it was like my head was like fried full of these jokes that were running around and I couldn't concentrate at work. So right. in order to get them out, normally I'd write them and then tell them to myself and laugh. Um, it's weird the way it works, but with Vine, when I found Vine six seconds, I was like, wow, okay, let's put them into video. And, and then you get recognition straight away. Pe- they'd start trending and people would like them. And it's like your need to be appreciated through that joke that's been burning a hole in your head yeah. uh, was there. And it, then it just became addictive. And then I was just like, realized that 
all of a sudden, you know, I started off, I had five fans, five people followed me and then 10 people. And I'm like, okay, so if I do more of this and then one day it was 50,000, the next day it was, you know, and then, and then, and then it was millions. What was the particular one that made it suddenly grow? Do you think, or was it just accumulation? I think it was, it was, um, it was, a. it was that people were tuned into the character. So, you know, what's he going to do next? And, you know, and I I created storylines through the the six second secret. uh, I had loads of them. Like I had six second sex secrets where I give advice and I'd say, I'll go, Six, six, six secrets. So it'd start like that. Okay. And it'd be like, oh, and then you'd say, oh, if you, if you know, if you want to be a proper lad and you want to do it, but then at the end, the lad would always fail. Got you. And that's yeah, something yeah. that I really used to frustrate me when I, when I blew up, when I used to get, yeah. rub, you know, crap from the press, because I'd be like, well, look, we're taking the mick out of guys that think this stuff works, but yeah. they never got it. That's what we looked. So when, yeah, we we'll jump ahead, but when we looked, or when I looked at your stuff, uh, A, originally I was looking at Dan's stuff a bit. Uh, bit a little bit here, a little bit there, and out of context, it didn't make. I was like, "What the fuck is this all about?" Yeah, like mm. six second secrets. I think it's a series. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, yeah. it, it, it escalates as you go. Yeah, but out of context, I'm like, "What the fuck's all this?" Totally. Yeah. But um, but there was, there was stuff in there where you were definitely deconstructing the lad image. Yeah, and uh, and and we we're like, "Oh, okay, he does he does this stuff," and no one seems to really acknowledge it. Yeah, well, the, the problem was was that there, yeah, there was only snippets of stuff that you'd see. I mean, there was. There was majority, I'd say probably 60% of my content was about being scared of your missus or, mm-hmm. you know, scared yeah. of, you know, you know, pretending to be a hard man that you're coming out for beers and, yeah. uh, and you know, begging your missus to go, you know, yeah, stuff totally. like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, people, if you've if you got, se- if there's 700 viral vines out there, some of them that have got 35, 40 million views, it's easy for you to go, no, we won't use that for the article. Don't use that one. Right, let's use that one, that one. And if we put these two together oh my god he looks like a sexual predator let's 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 publish this well it's happening right now yeah. the last few weeks the james gunn tweets uh and it's mm. I, I haven't it, i haven't seen this what is it so in short he he um i suppose at the uh, earlier in his career because he was a he was a trauma guy so mm. uh, to, to to boil it down to its sort of most basic form james gunn came up through trauma trauma a very uh their whole style. Very if you've ever been to Cannes, Troma are running around Cannes, or they used to run around Cannes, just, you know, kicking the place up and just kind of going to... They've got these wonderful films that are just, you you, you know, they're not going to be on the it high street. You know? yeah, they're all these sort of really underground, a little bit out there, a little bit... Quirky. It's quirky really, blood and guts yeah. type thing. It's, it's, but they're, they're great. They're very well known. It transcends the film as well. So they, they're as mad off screen as they are on screen. Oh, okay. So they're a real cool light. But yeah, so James Gunn came up through the trauma school of filmmaking kind of like yourself it's a shock style of you know like they get attention by shocking people yeah so a lot of his tweets were very risky risque you know they were yeah they're they're really out there uh and if out of context they're pretty bad some of them are harder to excuse than others but it's clearly just some you can you can sense that it's someone i think just trying to shake the system up a little bit yeah and, and and it's got that sort of uh reckless youth abandon to it definitely has of course you know jump 10 15 years later He's now making tempo movies for Disney, and they've been there the whole time. But I think uh, I don't know the full ins and outs. But I think basically he ruffled some feathers of. Uh, but he was getting quite big. I mean, massively big. He was well, there's, about a, there's to make a, the one of Trump's Guardians. Trump's aides. I think someone close to Trump, and yeah. he's an anti-Trump guy. Uh, done. Mm. So then he. Um, so they dug up. They some... dug up his old tweets. Yeah, Disney like okay, he's gone. So it's like, and and it's a similar. But kind I, of... I think that that's so. I, like I can completely relate to that because I had. When I started on Twitter, and I had the same that the same Twitter account I've got now that's got half a million people on mm. at Dapper Yeah, at yeah. Dapper yeah. So when I created comedy, I had like 
you know, 300, 300 followers on there that were my mates. Mm. But also, but also I'm like, right, how can I make, how can I jump on a hashtag? Say there's a hashtag going and how can I write something that's so crazy yeah. that people go, oh, I've got to follow this guy. Yeah. So like I'd write jokes, I'd write jokes that were purposely obscene and, um, you know, rude and, and naughty. Mm. But then my followers would go up, my followers. But then you fast forward and I'm on ITV. Yep. It's yeah. the same thing. People look back, but then what they don't look at is Dapper Laughs as a character because now that Twitter account is used to promote my TV shows and everything like that. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, what about what you said then? And there's no point you saying, well, I was doing that for attention to try and grow because no, oh, what? But you're not meant to want attention. You've just got yeah. a new TV <laughs> show. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, it's, it's like you can't. You can't. You're a bit like Ali G, the same thing there. You wouldn't say, you, you know it's a character, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen, but here it's slightly different because yeah. you're kind of going under the same name. But I think a, a massive mistake i made a lot of big mistakes along the way and, and a massive mistake that i made is sometimes you don't because you don't re- you always want more so you don't maybe mm. realize how how much you're being watched but also i was responding on my twitter emotionally as daniel o'reilly getcha yeah, yeah right so yeah. where's the lot you know well hold on a second you're saying at one point that these tweets were in character but now you're responding saying oh can you stop hounding me i've got a family and you know, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Having, you're having emotional drunk breakdowns. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Putting <laughs> pictures of yourself up crying. It's yeah. like, yeah, two o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah, isn't we're it? pretty Texting sure that ain't dapper laughs because <laughs> that does not look like a lad. <laughs> yeah. you know He's what got mean? milk in his hand. So, yeah, you know, you can't have to. It's really dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Learning curve. Yeah, of course. So, Vine takes off mm. ITV2 show. So, you've gone from. Holding your phone, yep, doing filming. a bit of this, you know, yep. filming yourself. Yeah, to now you've got a crew, yeah. a director, yeah, to, a producer. Well, how's that? How's that transition? Well, you know, I, I, I did a million followers on Facebook, which at the time, I think no other content creator had done on Facebook. I mean, mm. YouTube was massive mm, still, yeah. but Facebook, there was no, I mean, it was only corporate, it was only like Facebook that had like a million. Yeah, you know yes, what I mean, at the yeah, time. Yeah. And it was like, you know, Sony and like things like this. There was no content created. So all of the production companies were chomping at the bit, you know, at mm. me to to create something because they thought they could take the million people and get them to watch the, the TV show. So I had free reign, really, to, to write as well. And mm. I wanted to do a sketch show, but the the the, the guys that I work with, actually, the, the same guys that produce... Um, Keith Lemon show. They wanted to do something because they, the, my, my most popular vines were, you know, when I was chatting to women and, you know, the, the picking up women and stuff like that. So, so they made a pickup artist show, which I was never a pickup artist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a missus at the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a little bit against yeah. the grain as well. So we've so we done that. And, but I mean, but obviously, I, you still did it. So, you know, yeah. but, so were you sort of like, yeah, I mean, were you I, happy not, doing no, it? I was not apprehensive at all. So sure. I, I, I was going from walking, I was going from walking in the state age, working in a state yeah. agency to walking yeah. around filming on my phone and someone going, do you want a TV? show about pulling birds on ITV2 I was like yes yeah what are you talking about my mates are going to think I'm a legend where do I stand yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. how much money is it yeah, yeah you can't turn it down. and, and yeah. um, so I've done it and um, but I, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't expect um, to to wow to sort of you know the trajectory of your career is so quick. steep yeah. that mm. I guess is, there's no time for you to stop and take yeah. stock and go well let's just plan out and let's oh, yeah. work out the brand here yeah. it's just going it's well yeah and also it was the first time the management company that I signed with it was the first time they were like well, how do we deal with this because he's not you know he's a stand up comedian but also He's, so, he's, he's social media, you know. What do we do? Do we go down the route of trying to make money through him doing brands? Do we do live tours? Mm-hmm. Should we try TV? What should we do? So it was a matter of they they were just like threw everything at once and just saw what stuck. And then it was it was a crazy time. You rose up on a platform that hadn't really been tested. So they don't even know if it's going to work, I guess. Yeah. It's just try, you know, try yeah. stuff out. Yeah, and I think that um, 
I was building an audience on on Facebook, right? So or wherever it was. If you think if someone sees one of my videos, it's a bit controversial. They go, hmm, no, I won't follow. But yeah. some people go, yeah, I'll follow. So even though there's an audience there, it's a key audience that are into that sort of stuff. Once you stick that sort of stuff on TV, you're sticking it in front of people that aren't going to like. That. They might not like uh, it. Yeah, and, yeah. and plus they feel like they've got a choice on what what they see on their TV. Yeah, yeah. do you know people what I mean? Do. Whereas Facebook, they don't. No, they don't. Go, well, no. I'm not Fa- gonna follow Facebook, they're just like, oh no, that's rubbish. Unfollow <laughs> or not follow. Yeah. On TV, they're like, oh my god, you're in my front room. Yeah, this is my TV. This guy's in my you? front room. Yeah. So I mean, I've, I went through a lot of heartache through everything that happened, but I look back on it now and I think, yeah, you know, everyone was a little bit silly to think that. Um, well, I don't know, man. It's, it's comedy still. You know, my mind's split in two ways. Uh, we talked about this a lot on set, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's really tricky. Um, you know, what's, what's your attitude? If you don't like it, don't watch it or, or you know. Don't. I, just, I just think it's one of those things, I think you're, start, you're safe on the plat- on the online platforms you're on because people can choose if they want you yeah. or not. I think, as you say, when you go to TV, it's like your Frankie Boyles and it's gonna, mm. they mm. they almost have a different uh, a different persona on TV than they do yeah, of course. on stage. Yeah. And I think... But, I mean, even he's got in trouble a fair few times. Mm. But they've, you know, they've they've made mistakes. But I think they've just made them on 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 maybe smaller yeah. um, platforms. So ITV Two show, then your stand up. I mean, let's well the stand up bit is mm. it must have helped massively the ITV yeah. Two show with your yeah so, yeah. I remember I was going from doing doing stand up in underground like pubs and stuff mm. like that, you know, and then. Um, we that we didn't know how big to go with the tour, you know, because sure. the TV show the TV show was running. It was about halfway, was about halfway through or just started, and we were like, right, let's let's drop a tour. And I was feeling fairly confident, so I was like, you know, let's go for like, you know, ten twenty thousand tickets, blah, blah, whatever. Yeah, and we dropped in. It sold out in eighteen minutes. So wow. we were like, wow, let's do this. So yeah. so I went on the road, and and I think I think that was the point where what I should have done is I should have sat down with with a professional writer and sat down and gone, you know, I should have had a team around me that went, right, you're, you're part of the ITV2 brand now, you know, you're worth a bit of dough, mm-hmm. uh, prospectively, you're, you know, right, let's write this content so it's intelligent and not too inf- offensive. But they just let me go and I was just like, right, let's go. And, and you I, wound yeah. up and you thought, yeah. this is it. I and I, yeah, and I went back to the old way of writing. I yeah, was just writing yeah. to be offensive and then, <laughs> and then, you know, the tour, the tour, the tour went well um, and I think it was uh, the last date, the London show that... Um, but to be fair, the, um, and also the other thing, I suppose the stuff you were doing was, you know, it hadn't caused a problem. It was only an ad lib at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, all it was, all it was, was I was, so you, I, I think you should never, if you're, if you've got a profile, you shouldn't, you should never really do st- stand up about stuff that you're genuinely emotionally angry about. And mm. the tour had gone well, but just before the last day, I think in London, an article had come out by someone, I don't know if it was Vice or someone like that, mm. or someone had written this article saying that my TV show was an almanac for rape, right? Yeah. And I took it really personally. Yeah. Because, yeah. Essentially, yeah. And plus I'd met all these guys and I'd filmed it with these guys and essentially all I was doing was I was teaching these guys how to have enough confidence to talk to women. That was it. That was the premise of the show. But there was a lot of um, comedy sketches that I'd stitched. So it flicks in and out of reality to comedy sketches. And then the comedy sketches were quite lewd and quite rude and stuff. Mm. So, you know, there was a mixture of reality and like, you know, reality hidden camera TV and and these comedy sketches. And they just, you know, this this article, I read it and it said it was an almanac for rape that I was teaching lads how to, you know, rape culture and how to rape. And my family's been affected by sexual violence in a serious way. So I was was like, wow. So I'm just getting caught from family and stuff about you know is this is this you know is this true what the press is saying that mm. it's you know 
And I was just so fuming that when I went on stage, I started, I actually started my set by saying, I'm not sure if you've seen in the papers, but, you know, apparently my TV show is an almanac for rape. And my the, this is exactly how it was said. And I, I guess in my mind, how I was saying it is fine. But when it was edited afterwards, yeah, and sure. then a girl at the front just simply went, my friend Lucy loves you, she's gagging for a rape. And I went, what's that? You're gagging for a rape. And that was it. And then the next thing, there was no complaints at the show at all. But after the show... Um, within the week after the show a lot of stuff was coming up about my TV show mm. and I was arguing with journalists online and this one girl that I was arguing with online I sort of got the right hump with her as well and I quoted one of her tweets and, and it, all my fans went in on her and then she got really upset and then she dug in and then she found the, the footage of it and then they edited it and then they syndicated it and then ITV said what well, we won't be carrying on then my tour I had another tour I'd just got like 120 grand for another tour and, and then 60,000 people signed a petition to get me phone off ITV. Yeah. And then once they got me phone off ITV, my tour was out, my next Cascaded tour. And, yeah. So then they targeted all the venues. So then my, they dropped my tour. And then because they dropped my tour and, and the other clients on my manager's books were complaining, my manager dropped me. Oh my God. And then, and then that was it. And then I was, and then at one point, and then, yeah. And then I had to go on news night and apologize because it was all, my dad had just been diagnosed with cancer and they were hounding his house. So we had to stop it. And then the next thing in the space, that was it a week. After the joke, by the end of that week, after the joke, I was sat in my flat, no manager, no tour, no TV show, no, just sat there like, well, what next? Say hey, back to the estate agents, then, <laughs> like, what is next? I mean, now looking back, obviously, there's things you do differently, right? Yeah. I mean, it's... I wouldn't have done. I think looking back on it, I wouldn't have done that stand up till then, right. because I was also, I was also, <laughs> I'm unstable anyway majority of the time when it comes to like partying and stuff like that and when I get when I get like a when I get loads of really good things going on I feel like on top of the world so so I was boozing a lot and everything like that as well and I should have just done one thing at a time you know concentrated on being a, a an ITV2 talent yep and and writing concepts for that and then like when I had a gap sat down with writers and shocked people with amazing stand-up yeah. instead of trying to do it all at once. It's hard though, isn't it, when you get that opportunity and someone's going, here it is, here it is, here it is. Yeah. I think this happens a lot with mm. up-and-comers. Suddenly they break out and everyone throws everything at them. Yeah. Movies, TV shows, stand-up. And you kind of go, well, yeah, I should take it because it might fall away. I was working in wherever yeah, of course. earlier. Of course, yeah. So it's hard to turn yeah, it down. I understand. Also, you've got a thing that's working, making a lot of money. Mm. So you're going to have people step in. They're not going to change much. They'll just facilitate it. So if, so if, so if you are out drinking, partying, whatever, they'll just be like, okay, keep it going because he's coming up with yeah. goods. Why would they? You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. They're money-making. They're not really that interested yeah. in you as a person. Maybe because I was partying so much and because they didn't know what they was doing, they was like, let's just fucking milk it quick, quick, mm-hmm. quick, quick. It's, milk it's it, milk true. it, milk it, milk it. You know, and the weird thing is, I think that they used to say to me, you're not famous. You're not that big. I think they used to say that to me as as if to motivate me to do more. Whereas I think Ah. what they should have been saying is all eyes are on you at the moment because your type of humor, people are waiting for you to fuck up. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to fuck up. So, you know, you are are famous and maybe you do need to behave a a little bit differently. Mm. I also think there's a duty of care there. If they're putting you up there mm. and they're exploiting what you've in, you know, they're exploiting yeah. in the right way, yeah. but they're exploiting what you're putting out there to make money off it for, for you and for them. There's yeah. a duty of care there and they've got to support you and they've got to make sure there's some longevity. And if it does fall apart, I think any agent, any manager uh, owes it to the people they're exploiting to make sure there's a safety net there as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of money. They made a lot of money. I made a lot of money, but I mean, 
So, okay, so it's all falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now what? Obviously, I was depressed and upset and severely embarrassed. I went from walking down the street, people shouting legend, to walking down the street, people going, oh, so you think rape's funny and all that And were you shit. getting that? Were people yeah, recognising? Yeah, I was getting people coming up. I mean, I was getting a lot of people, a lot of people saying, oh, mate, can't believe they've thrown you under the bus, man. Because it was, you know, every like it was an intense period of about six months, day after day after day news article. It was fucking insane. So next, I, mm. I went back to doing what? how everything always started for me and that was writing I just went back back home and and that's when I started writing Fanged Up people had approached me before about making films and acting in films and I wasn't very confident as an actor as you know when I when I come on set I wasn't very <laughs> confident as an actor what kind of stuff were you being offered a lot of the you know British gangster stuff and sure and sort of you know low budget sort of British stuff did you get and, close to anything at all or anything no I didn't want to I, I didn't I felt I, I maybe I don't know if this is egotistical or not, but I just, I didn't want my first piece on camera to be um, someone's, you know, just like a part, a bit part, or I know that sounds really wanky. No, it but, doesn't at all. But I just it felt doesn't. that I felt like I'd done, oh, my name, I was so, my profile had been through so much. I thought if well, I'm going to... And you, suddenly you are doing some brand management. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, yeah, and if I'm going to do it, I might as well, and I knew every, a few people in the industry, so if I'm going to do it, I might as well write it myself. And I started writing it, um, but I never knew, I didn't know how to write a film. I didn't know how to use all these programs that you guys use to write films. So I just wrote it on Word. I use a program called Daniel J. Palmer. Yeah, well, so did I in the end. I in the end as well. Exactly. How do you start and where did Nick come in? What was the, what was the sort of gestation? Um, I I really wanted to do a I wanted to do an apocalyptic comedy. So I wanted to do a comedy that was originally I wanted to do a zombie comedy, mm. but I wanted to do like a real sort of a real sort of Shaun of the Dead, you know, Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. take on it. So, similar, very similar to I like Shaun of the Dead basically, but instead of it being like nicey nicey, you know, a couple of lads and their girlfriends, I wanted it to be like you know, like my boys that I knew growing up. And, yeah, you know, yeah. bit darker. Bit darker, yeah. you know, yeah. drugs, sex and yeah. blah, blah, and, you know, and uh, but with comedy, like real dark comedy, but like yeah. comedy that my mates would laugh at. Yeah. You know, you'd go and watch it. So it started off as that, and um, and then I just realised, you know, it's been done, really. I mean, yeah. that I can We've make... We've got Doghouse. Yeah, I, can, yeah I was like, you know, well, I'm, I'm just sort of leaning on what Danny Dyer and, you know... So I was like, all right. So what? Ha- you know, what hasn't what hasn't been done? You know. Yeah. So you know, vampires has been done. Has, has there been vampires in a prison? I mean, I couldn't really. Not well. There probably has, but not. Certainly yeah. So like yeah, not certainly not. You know, we racked our brains and we looked around for it. I don't recall seeing specifically mm. vampires in a prison. The whole, you know. So that's when that it was at that point where I took it to Nick and. You know, because Nick's Nick had just written Hooligan Factory, and this is Nick Naverne. Nick Naverne, yeah. So he, so just to get, so Nick, you met on Vine. No, how did you guys? So you guys knew each other through just most. No, I met, I met him through a mate actually, just through a mate at a pub, yeah. and um, and um, he was like, oh, I've got this film coming out, and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, no, I have actually got a film yeah. coming out, and I was like, because everyone I was speaking to was either an actor or had a yeah. or a comedian. And I was like, all right, but he was like, no, I actually have got a film coming out. It's yeah. called. You know, this is what it's called. And then he showed me the artwork. He showed me it. And then there's a Leicester Square screen. And I was like, I was like, wow, fucking hell. All right. Yeah, I do want to be mates. And yeah, then, he's <laughs> real. He's big time. Yeah. This guy is actually yeah. doing so, what he's saying. So he said, you know, at, at, at the time, um, I was, it was a weird time because although I'd been through so much shit with the press, I was still hot. It was like, people were like, people were like, fuck me. Like, you know, if you, you know, his stand-up's going to be bad. Like naughty. So it's like, why don't you come and do stand-up at the premiere? And I was like, mate, you sure that's going to be good for the brand? And it was. So I went and done stand-up at their premiere with a couple of other big names. And um, So you could still get bookings. And was that, mm. I suppose, 
Was it as dapper last with Dan O'Reilly, or how were you? What no, was it, the... was, it was what they wanted. People wanted the controversy and the. So dapper you could only you could only go laughs. out there as right. dapper laughs effectively. And was well, that... I, hadn't had the, I hadn't had the confidence to step away from it yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And was that part of the resurrection tour, or was that a little bit later? Well, the resurrection tour come just after that. Yeah, so I'd mm-hmm. done that with Nick, and then me and Nick started working on the film. Started, I mean, really turning it into something, and then I, I'd, I'd already done, and then I'd done News Night. So yep. I news night and apologise and quit. And then um, when my dad pulled through on the cancer and he was like, why did you Why did you quit? You know, what are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, come on, just fucking piss everyone off. Let's let's keep having a laugh. So true. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Just, you know, why? Do you know what I mean? And then I was like, all right. So I've done this sketch where I was up in heaven as Dapper laughs and God <laughs> says your work isn't done. And I come back down and I see myself in uh, on news night and I say to myself, you know, dry your fucking eyes. And I'm cry- like a split screen, me crying on one side. And then, you know, come on, your work isn't done. Get back. And then I come back, walk back out. And then the resurrection tours on sale. Amazing. So then we've done the resurrection tour. How did that do? And how how is it perceived? It done all right. It done all right. I mean, it was it was shot down. It was shot to shit by the press. But I mean, it was... But it, that's publicity in yeah, itself, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, not it's, ideal, but it's... But the fans and that, the fans and that um, bought into it. But then when I, when I had my daughter, my whole... Uh, changed, my yeah. whole perception of that for laughs and that brand of comedy changed well, I suppose I met you at a pivotal yeah, yes, yeah. turning point and yeah. then, so I only know Dapper Laugh or I know Dan O'Reilly yeah. I don't know Dapper Laughs and this comes into a conversation we had the very first time I met you so you're doing your tour again you're developing Fanged Up with yeah. Nick Naverne and what's the plan? I know there's another producer involved and what was, you know, there was... Yeah, he's he's very tight with Jonathan Softcock. So originally, I think that was the route, you know, we pitched, we were pitching it to a few people and my name was just upsetting a lot of people, but <laughs> he was originally meant to do it. And, um, you know, he originally, you know, he set up some of the first promo shots and we started working on the script with him and stuff like that. And I don't know, through one way or another, it it sort of fell to, to Terry Stone. I'd never really met Terry Stone, but... Terry, me and Terry Stone are very similar types of, you know. Yeah, you two in the yeah. same room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Try, try and direct a scene right. with Dan O'Reilly and Terry. You, Terry's like an excited kid. Yeah, yeah. you wind and him up and one scene start the yeah. film and Terry, Terry almost like, he just wants to like play with Dan. So yeah, it's yeah. like the two together, like, Dan, yeah, 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 it's yeah. crazy. And you two together were just uh, yeah, a brilliant nightmare. But yeah, so, um, so. <laughs> brilliant nightmare. <laughs> Brilliant You've bro. got Nick and Jonathan attached yeah. to this, but then it sort of falls apart. And Terry, yeah, how did Terry yeah. and Richard Turner get involved? Because like, that's think, the iteration I, think, I know. I've, I don't know. I think I think um, in 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 all honesty, I think that Jonathan Softcott had maybe some offers to do some high profile films or some higher profile films, and the fact that he was working on a project with me, I think, um, was was made. I, I heard rumours about stuff like that, but ultimately, he um, he he wanted to distance himself from the project I think which I'm happy about now in the end because like you say there's only so much controversy you want attached to a project but <laughs> so anyway true. do you know what I mean Terry just grabbed it by the balls then didn't he I mean he, he grabbed it by the balls and he sunk his teeth into it and he's like right you <laughs> want to make this film let's make it yeah so what's the change because again we're getting close to when I'm getting involved but I don't know much of this stuff yeah. so what's the I didn't really ask any questions I just well no I think I think, I think what it was was <laughs> Nick, way, Nick, Nick Nevin was Nick Nevin was always meant to direct it and he yeah. was meant to play my counterpart uh, so he was meant to play he was meant Victor, to, he was meant to play Victor Stuben, yeah, yeah and he was meant to direct it but at the Terry was was raising the money and trying to find dates to shoot, and you know we'd waited a year or so on it, and then Terry comes back with the dates and says, right, this is the dates that we want to shoot the film, which was the last month of my missus' pregnancy. Oh gosh, right, and but also was the same month that um, Nick Nevin had just been offered Riviera. 
get right. right. So he's flying out yes. to Riviera. So Nick Nevin comes back and says, "Well, you know what? We, you know, I'm the, I'm directing it and I'm starring in it. You got to change the dates." And Terry was like, "Look, these are the dates we're doing it. This is the date we can get the prison." Well, this crosses over to when I was involved yeah. and when I got on board. I so, mean, so I guess he was like, "Let's look at other directors." You know, truth be told, my concern I've said this to you since, but truth be told, I was concerned about working with Dapper Laughs, and yeah. I was like. And I remember going to the meeting, I had this meeting with the, mm. all of the guys and, and, I, and I was just in my head, I'm thinking, no, no, I can't do this film. It's, it's breakneck speed. And then in that initial meeting, I come out of it and, I, and Dan Palmer and I turn to each other and go, do you know what, actually, that Danny Riley guy, what a shame because he's a nice guy. Well, I had a real yeah. good vibe from that meeting. You were quite quiet. And I remember sort of thinking it almost felt like, not that you're out of your depth, but you were just sort of like... It just felt like yeah. you were, it was just a lot going on. It's like oh, I think if you know, I was like, I think, I, I think a lot of people think that after everything that's happened with me, that I might, I might either be a bit of an arsehole or maybe have a bit of an ego mm. or or whatever. Yep. But to me, I was just like, look, how can we make this? How can we make this film? Well, like I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, and I think that was it. That's definitely that in, was in the it. meeting. You're like. What can I do to make it better, and how can we yeah. how can we make it work? And that must have been great for you <laughs> yeah, to sort yeah, of see yeah. that and go, oh, okay, I can work with him, yeah, and for yeah. you as well, the other way around. Yeah, of course, because I've, 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 I've written a film, and I with yeah. Nick, with Nick. So one of the main things was, you know, we're going to rewrite mm-hmm. a bit of it. You know, how do you feel about that? And Nick was like, well, no, it's my baby, and I was like, just what I want to make the film. Yeah, you're I just going, want to just make the make film. So. And I can understand. I, can, I, know, I oh yeah, I can understand that you've you've developed your f- a film together. He sees it one way. And I totally get that. Because, you know, myself and Dan, we've had stuff we've written. We know how awkward that is. But the trouble is, it's like if you're making someone else's script, you, you can only see, you know, you can only see a film in your head yeah, a certain you way. Can. Yeah, they see it in a different way. And yeah, I was like, absolutely. God, I, you know, and I know when you're on set on the day, you've got like 30, 40 faces all looking at you saying, well, what's the next shot? And I need to know the film inside and out. So for me, it's got to be like, I need yeah. to know everything's got to and make need sense to have in a per- my head. Yeah, personal touch to it as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's just... But I mean, to me, I was like, Nick hasn't made any horror before. Do you know what I mean? And I've never made any horror before. I've never written a horror film before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These guys have both, you know, they both know what they're talking about. They've both, you know, so done that this is only going to make it better, isn't it? And that and that's great that you said that because actually what you didn't do before when you were doing the tour, where you said sat down with some other writers yeah, exactly. and help make it better. Yeah, and here you've gone, I'm going to sit down with other writers yeah, yeah. and make it better. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you learn you quite learn. quickly that you don't know it all, yeah. That's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's quite a leap of faith for you because you, it's that quick meeting and then suddenly it's like, yeah, let's, yeah. you know, take a punt on these two. But it's, and, yeah, there's, you, t- you get a vibe from people as well. Like I could, you know, I, uh, I, you know, you know, when you just, you, you start talking to someone and you think to yourself, because in my mind it's, it's a bit, it was a big deal to take a month out and film every day away from my, like an hour away from oh, my missus wow. while she was pregnant she could drop yeah. and I knew that I was going to be tense I mean I'm mm-hmm. tense I'm tense majority of the time because I've still got to run all my social media and I was I knew I was going to be tense and I was like I can't I just can't work with any twats I can't because I don't <laughs> oh, have well, to, I, fucked up there yeah <laughs> no, but I don't have the temperament of course for you it. don't and, yeah. um, and, and, and I, after that meeting I just I got on I, I, could, I knew that Christian would kind of give a little and take a little and mm. he'd have a good way he had a good way just a good aura about talking to me you know a lot of people a lot of people either talk talk to me by licking me ass, or they talk to me like I'm dumb. Yeah. And uh, you found a heavy in between. <laughs> so, so then, you know, you gave me niceness, but also you were quite right. I'm, I'm talking about now when we were filming, but yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. So then, from there, yeah, you said, "Cool, 
CJ and Dan Palmer, cool, bring them on board. How did it feel then that they went away, rewrote it, Dan Palmer especially, or tweaked it a bit, and then came back to you with the, the new draft? What was your thoughts then when you got this new draft? I fucking laughed at it. I thought it was oh, funnier. Really? Yeah. Great, great. I thought it was funnier. I thought it made... I thought it made... Um, I thought it... I It was just more intelligent. It had so many more callbacks. Had better, it had a, a couple of better characters, and it was just funny. It was just... It turned in... It turned It turned from what I would... Cons- what I... Looking... Back on the original script, it turned from a gag fest, a dapper last gag fest yep. in uh, in a horror film, into a a legitimate storyline. To be Amazing. fair, I think I think that previous script worked, and as you quite right, yeah. it was it was just jam packed with jokes. Yeah, um, and the plot was secondary, and that's the style of the film you wrote. Yeah. It's not you know it, that's just the way it was. We were sort of brought in to make it, and certainly I, when I read your draft, I was like, okay, I can make this, I can bring the horror back into this, and that's something we can do and then I think you bring Dan Palmer to something and mm. he starts working his style Sprinkling of comedy and my style in, yeah, into yeah. it and it just becomes something else naturally and I think because my remit my and I said to you at the time my thing from the get go was as we said earlier I want to make the Dan O'Reilly movie not the Dapper Last movie mm. um, and then once we were given the okay to do that and you embraced it yeah. Uh, the initial pitch was let's tweak it. It kind of became a huge rewrite, but only because you had to hugely alter the character yeah. of Jimmy Ragsdale. So by the end, it's a completely different movie. Mm. And I remember handing that draft in and think, you know, and thinking, God, it, these we're going to get like they'll be like, thanks, but no thanks, guys. Or well, actually, I thought it'd probably be that because yeah. there's certain things we did. Well, even Terry was like, rang me before he gave me the script, and Terry was like, all right, mate, uh, hmm. you know, I'm not sure how you're going to take this because they've done quite a lot of work on it, and uh, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just send me the script, yeah, mate. send it. Just send me the script, and then uh, I think he was just like waiting on tender hooks, and um, yeah, but I think. I think that one thing I realised as well, when I started reading the new script, uh, I sort of realised, right, I, I'm, making a, I'm making a comedy, but I'm, st- I'm putting my, dipping my toe into a genre that people are very passionate about. Mm-hmm. So this film's going to come out billed as a horror. And if it comes out billed as a horror and it's a dapper last gags fest, and I started seeing and thinking to myself, wow, this legitimately could be a horror now. This could, this could become a cult. A cult classic, cult maybe. Yeah. You know, now, now this is starting to look like a horror, and then and then I I, I think I got a newfound excitement for it. I, I was like, right, let's you know, let's let's get in there. And actually, I felt I felt more like I'd been given a part in someone else's film rather than blagging everyone to give to to play the lead in my own film. I, I just started thinking, which is a weird way of looking at it, but I'd never been cast in a film, had I? So I felt a little bit more like, oh, now I'm getting cast in a little bit into into an actual film. And what was great is that you are very good in this movie. Oh, I appreciate you are that. really Thank cool. You. I really enjoyed your performance, and I think a lot of people will, and they'll be surprised mm. because it isn't billed as Dapper Laughs. It is yeah. billed as Daniel O'Reilly. And you yeah. are great in it. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I've had a, I've been getting a lot, a lot of tweets, and I've been getting a lot of love. I've, been, I've, I've had a few people. Obviously, you always get a few it's people always, being always, negative, yeah. but I've had a lot of love for saying people saying, you know, we didn't think, didn't think you could act, and it's it's a lot better than we thought it would be, and stuff like that. But weirdly, my favourite part of acting in that film, my favourite part of acting, I look forward to it, was when I was crying with Vaz Blackwood. Yeah, that was my favourite part. I was really looking forward to doing that scene with you, and only. It's all it's all just one one foot in front of the other when 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 making a film and I knew it was coming out. that was later yeah slightly by design but on low, lower budget films you don't always get the choice of you mm. know when you can shoot stuff it's it's well that you know 
the armorer because then that's mm. seen as a gun. So ultimately, it's like I had all these grand plans. Yeah, I'd shoot that at the end. They've got a rapport. It's going to work really well. But then you find out that the armorer's booked for certain days. Those days got to be back to back because it's going to be way cheaper. Making. So you're like, great, I'm doing that on week two. I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I had a few. I had a few. I parked a few. I suppose emotional. Mm beats in my head I was going to whisper some stuff to you, just say some bits and bobs and just stuff to get you in a good place and then I turned up on you know whenever I was on set and we were chatting I was like don't need to and then mm. I was ready to sort of just just nudge some stuff and I thought well we'll do a take see where it goes and then yeah see how you get on and then uh, I'll, I'll I'll you know say a few things and see then see what straight away didn't need to the first take was golden mm. second time I think it, was, it might it might have been two maybe three takes and then that was it. Yeah. It was like, oh, I had all. Yeah. I was annoyed because I had all these like director tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're like, I want to do them. I, yeah. I know yeah. all these I director get a bit tricks. Yeah, freaking on him, and yeah. I was like, totally. oh, I can't. He's done it. And what was it? Yeah. Did you feel that you could just pour out this emotion? Was yeah, it easy I think to come I, out? I'm, I'm just as a person, I'm a wreck. Anyway, <laughs> like, I am. I'm like, you know, I think you know, I, I'm very similar to. May I mean on no way on a comedic level, but say for instance uh, Robin Williams, like mm. you know you you I think it's it's um, an, an addiction to constantly be performing. I mean when I wasn't when I'm not on set, Christian will tell you I'm on my phone performing, right. and when I'm not on my phone performing, I'm performing in front of people in the pub or whatever. Yeah, and um, to get a break when I do get a break from that, all my other emotions seem to sink back in, and and I just I could feel everything there. I knew it was all it was all there ready to go and. Um, the weird thing is w- with that scene is the dialogue and the content is ridiculous. Mm. So you can't really focus on the content to pull the emotion. You've got to f- you think outside. Yeah, of it. you've got yeah. to kind of think outside of it. But weirdly, my mum, my my mum and my missus were sat either side of me at the premiere, and they were both crying. And I was thinking when he's like, "I'll oh, wipe your face on my blood soaked ass," <laughs> and they go, "Oh my god, <laughs> like, where is that so going from?" My, my wife doesn't really like my other movie. Well, no, actually, it's a lie. She does like Stalled, but she sort of she admires it more than she enjoys she it. Un- she enjoys yeah. what you did the yeah, process and she's you very, went through yeah she's yeah, supportive sure. she, she loves what we did but she's it's not her movie but I always felt we had something a bit different and I always I always sort of say that Fanged Up is a date movie mm. is some, and my wife gets really quite emotional about it yeah. and that scene specifically and I'm like yeah because I think Mm. It's just, it's not just a horror. It's, I'll say, I think it's yeah. a horror date movie. Yeah, I like that. And let's, we yeah, want to like play that. the, we, we want to play the new trailer, right? Yes. So I'll tell you a little bit about what it's about. You should know by now, and hopefully you've already supported CJ because you've heard him talk and given Ooh. loads of free advice. Followed me on Twitter. Over this time. Um, so it's <laughs> about, me on Twitter. he trolled you on Twitter, yeah. It's about a, a young rogue. He's thrown into prison for the weekend, unaware that the guards are blood sucking vampires and the inmates are their victims. Oh, I believe you. Everybody wants you gone. You're fine. What? Oi, what the fuck are you doing? It's all kicking off. You'll be spending the weekend at Stokesville. What's that like an Airbnb? Ready for the new son? Stokesville. Jesus Christ. Jesus, that's nothing to do with that plan. Throw him into number 13. Oh, you won't survive the night. I will not survive the night. Take him away. <laughs> I'm only here for the weekend. Nobody is here for the weekend. From now on, you must behave exactly like me. <laughs> I ain't going to be able to do that Sputnik accent. This place isn't a prison. It's a larder. And you, you're not prisoners. Your breakfast, lunch and dinner. It's in. Most important meal of the day. There's vampires in your prison! Let them choke. We need to get out of here. We need to get out of here right now. Okay, that's pretty fucking evil. Oh, that feels so good. 
Give me the girl and I'll kill you quick. Think of it as a simple solution to prison overcrowding. That was a... that was a... You can say it. That was a fucking zombie. Close. Fucking Frankenstein. Dracula. Knew it. That was a fucking Dracula. Why was it two trailers, CJ? What, what happened? Uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know why don't this know. other trailer came from. No, okay, I, I, I'll fess up. So the other trailer is me, um, the one we you just heard. <laughs> I'll fess so up. This yeah, me. so um, way back in the day, I'm, I'm sure every a lot of film that you've must have done. Well, this, you were, yeah, you, you kind of last, yeah. during post. Mm-hmm. Just to see where you're going with it and how it's feeling. You cut a little trailer just to, you know, it just tickles them. And it also makes you feel good, doesn't it? Yeah, basically. It's yeah, an ego, it does. An ego, an ego tickler, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Will Long, ed- the brilliant editor Will Long, who uh, I've worked for lots of things, um, who was on set all the time, always piecing together f- scenes. A cool guy, yeah. He, he cut- used to let me see loads of stuff when CJ told it, said I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> really? Did he? Yeah. 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 Will you? <laughs> um, <laughs> He did. And I'd, go, I'd be coming in the edit suite and I'd be like, has anyone seen this? And you're like, um, Dan may have been in the <laughs> For fuck's sake, Will. Um, did it change your performance at all? Or no, 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 it didn't. No, no, it good, was, good, and good. that actually, do you know, after a while, my, yeah. I had all these, again, being like, I had all these like, don't show anyone stuff, be careful what we show. By the end of it, we it's had, like, and it was kind of good. Actually, if anything, it was the, op- the effect was opposite. I think by having the edit suite open and everyone coming and seeing scenes, it was feeding. A really I think it's really action. useful. Yeah. Unless one of your actors is suddenly yeah. they go, oh my God, I hate the way I look, I'm going to change your performance. If you feed it in. Yeah, stuff I think it's working. really useful. The rushes were kind of working. Mm-hmm. There's some backup. So the stuff to you and Stu in the prison mess or, you know, when Stu's kind of, like when and Victor, uh, Stu's character is training you how to mm. conduct yourself in a prison. That stuff was kind of working in the moment. So we cut it together, throw it together in a rough edit and people were getting quite, you know, mm. uh, quite yeah, excited. excited for that yeah it's yeah. working so we kind of in, we actually went the other way but um so we so there was a trailer and you were like i'm not too happy with it so you cut your own is that well i just think, i just think the trailer that was out there was just uh it was more for a social media audience it is more about um it wasn't didn't really feel like a tr- traditional trailer to me mm-hmm. and that's probably not even a traditional one may not even be needed but just in the interest of i thought oh i dusted it off recently and I'm like I might just put this out there mm-hmm. so I just I, I whipped some of the um, the titles off of the uh, official trailer tarted up the old trailer a little bit and just put it out there for the uh, for the fans for the mate people. that's amazing so yeah, yeah I, I obviously I was given I was given the other trailer to pump out on social media and when I took it I, I wasn't I wasn't really impressed with it to be honest with you right. I, I don't know how much you're allowed to say and stuff like no, that no and you say what you want yeah, yeah I wasn't I wasn't very very impressed with it I wasn't impressed with a lot of bits and bobs and it didn't feel like it. I must. No. Have, I'm with you. It didn't feel like like it, the movie. No, it didn't, it didn't yeah. feel like there was no there was no real suspense and build up to a to a like to an end that was like oh what what I what happened? See that yeah. Movie, yeah, and, and as was, you say, the, the movie is as it should be. As we always, it's yeah. kind of a ridiculous movie. We want it to be ridiculous, yeah. and it's kind of kitsch, fun, retro. I don't think the trailer conveyed anything. No, and I think, I, but I, listen, I, I always look at every asset that we've got, whether it's pictures. Um, the content creators, by the way, every asset that we've got, everything to me, my mind just works as marketing, marketing, marketing. Mm. So that one, when I got that one, I thought, right, this is the trailer. I didn't know that that, that we had a director's edit of a trailer. I didn't know that at the time, which is probably a good thing because I put my heart and soul into getting the views up on that and I got that to half a million. Yeah. So that one's, that one's up there. And that works very well on the Facebook feed. Yeah. Well. And that, now I can be like, yeah, but 
Have you seen the director's cut? <laughs> yeah. Right? And they'll go, right, now let's go in on this one. Yeah, so which is it's, double yeah, the promotion, so, which you know, is so great. Let's, you know, we've got the first one to half a million. Let's see if we can get this one to a million. Yeah. And, you know, so so it's, you know, you just got to use and everything. And plus it's given. great now because the movie's out. So therefore it's like, yeah. it's actually, you can push. Yeah. You can yeah. buy it. Dude, yeah. hit, watch the trailer. Yeah, I found it hard it. marketing it when it wasn't out. I was, you know, it's people, harder. A lot of people going, yeah, okay, cool. I'll get it. I'll, you know, I'll legally download it then. I'm like, yeah. okay. no, no, please don't. Yeah. Please I, don't. I, get, I get a lot of friends saying, when can I see your movie? And I'm like, I don't have a copy. Yeah, he's like, I actually <laughs> have to buy like the same copy? as me. Because yeah. yeah. you didn't know when it was coming out. You actually were like, I have no idea. No, yeah. I, I, I didn't have a ticket till, to the premiere until only. Uh, so, uh, you know. Uh, did, yeah, that did you was even know the cast weren't there? Were yeah, they? No, Jess really? in and half the Love Island cast had an invite before me. That was crazy. I saw yeah. the uh, the premiere picture because I was in Sweden, and suddenly I see all these pictures. I'm like, who are these people? Because I hadn't yeah. seen any of Love Island at all. Yeah, like none of the who cast. The like, well, do you know what? That's... To, to be fair, I mean, I suppose it was, the only I would say, again, it's PR. Yeah, and yeah, I think great that PR, that but... Leicester Square screening is to just generate press. Yeah. It is, and yeah. the cut, ca- the yeah. cast and crew all came to Fright Fest, which was kind of like that was all that was really the cast and crew screening, and and then this one is about just getting the name out there and so I get it you know yep. you need to get yeah. you need your Vanessa Feltzes you need your uh, your um... do you uh, who, do you, <laughs> really? you, need, you need your uh, <laughs> who the fuck are the rest of them <laughs> I mean if you haven't got who was, who was the, who was no the point... lady who did the food for a while she was there with her daughter Gillian, Gillian, Gillian McKee, McKee. Yeah. as a vampire well that's what no but that's what happens is they <laughs> they send it they send that's what happens they send the PR listen don't, I, don't, I know yeah I, know. I, I don't I don't understand how to, I, don't, I haven't worked in this industry before in the film industry and uh, god Jesus I'd change almost everything I mean look I've worked yeah in this industry, I've done. It. I've had a few films released. Mm-hmm. I still don't know. There's no exact science to it. I think it's just you bung a trailer up, you get people yeah. talking about it, and any publicity. And, and ultimately, publicity yeah. And for if a film, film works, like this, the film works, yeah. and people are going to hear about it. So you mentioned that earlier, actually, that you were slightly nervous mm. acting properly yeah. as Daniel O'Reilly, which was a surprise for me because I felt like, like say, you'd acted all the time in all your stuff. Yeah. How was it that first day coming on set then and going, shit, I'm the lead in this movie that I've yeah. co-written the fuck? I think the, the, the I think you have to sort of pull apart what acting is. For me, for me, acting as different characters um, off the top of my head on my phone or setting up sketches and, and doing stuff sort of improvised acting is one thing, but learning scripts because I'm dyslexic and learning, even though I'd written, it, it had been rewritten. And mm. also the the part of acting that I was nervous about was being able to bring out my comedic timing and personality. Yeah. But not as like an over egotistical, arrogant lad mm. bring out my, my, my comedy timing. Um, as Jimmy Ragsdale when he had been stripped of his um, ladness, let's that's say. That's the first scene yeah. you played. So the first scene yeah. you did yeah. is the very first scene, uh, is basically with Stu Bennett yeah. in the prison and it's the cell. He walks yeah, into the cell, in the cell and they meet. That's the first and, scene. Great scene. But to me also, it was, it was because I'm a solo solo show mm. in my social media, so it's like saying something and waiting for them to say something, and then me saying something, and then remembering what I'm saying. That's what I was <laughs> nervous about. Yeah, and were you okay with like hitting your marks and making sure yeah. the light was right, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think um, I didn't know how much pressure there was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to if people if I was going to come in, Christian was going to be like, look, just do this, and if I made a mistake, oh my god, do it again, or Boa, this mm. is what we've got to do. I, so. I, I, from that perspective of the stuff that I'm saying that I was nervous about Christian taught me how to do on set I think right really I he was like look just say this bit and as you're saying it just gl- 
glance down and make sure you get to this mark mm -hmm. and then, you know, wait for him to say that. And when he says that, remember what he said and respond. I know it sounds like real simple stuff, no. but um, it was, you know, you, you slowly held my hand through the first set and then, well, through the first few days, I guess, and then and then just tinkered with me the way through, I guess. Didn't Very you? expensive. You get to CG me out. You're wearing green for most Cost of it. Cost a fortune. Yeah. No, he, um, but I, I was very honest with Christian about mm. that. I was very honest when, when I came. I said that I was terrified. I said that I've never done this before, and I said that um, don't by any means worry about, you know, well, direct to me however you want, you know. For me, it's great. There was, great. A, there was a little turning point for me, actually. It was, I didn't, don't think I told you at the time, I sort of, playing my cards fairly close to my chest because you've got to have an aura of you know what you're doing mm, you um, do. and none well, of us director. do but um, yeah. we did some we were reading a lot of lines for the Katie part and we were trying to find I was trying to find some chemistry and we had a lot of um, actors come in to a flat that someone said yeah us, I remember yeah and we had a bit revolving door of actors <laughs> coming in reading for, with a part of Katie alongside Dan and my, my biggest takeaway from that read was seeing you work with them and I was giving you every now and then I was just chucking a little bit Dan's way throwing you a few notes and I was like yeah he's taking direction well and he's, he's altering and changing I was like oh, I know I remember coming back from that day thinking we're, we're going to be golden I'm, I'm going to be yeah. fine so I think my first day I wasn't nervous about you or Stu I think oh, I was really? almost like they're fine I've, I've, I'll get yeah. what I need and the scene I was confident with you know I think I think one thing that I learned on there um, especially working with such a variety of different actors with different types of experience over many different years. A lot of personalities, a lot, a lot of personalities, yeah. styles, yeah. Is that I think that definitely um, one thing that makes a good actor is is certainly someone that can take direction, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter how good how good you are or your performance can be if you're if you I think if you're if you're unable to take your ego out of it and and take direction, then you you might as well just not have a director then just do it yourself, wouldn't you? Absolutely, like, yeah, and the director is crafting the whole piece. So, yeah, yeah and sometimes you, there's certain Lovely stuff that. as a director you can't say on set. We had a couple of scenes later on where I had maybe eight actors in a room, and I know that maybe I know deep down that one or two of those actors, the camera's not, you know, it's on them in the on the day, but in the edit we probably won't be going to that much. They've just got to bear with me. And and and, a, and an actor will know if they're going to be. You know, I think some of them will know if they're needed for this scene. And you're right. It's just about saying, okay, cool. I'll do my bit. I, I, I've got to be in this scene because logistically and continuity mm. for continuity reasons, I've got to be in the back background of this scene. But that's where I am, and that's cool. But your your time to shine will be the next yeah, scene, yeah. Or two yeah. scenes time. Yeah. And I think that you're right. That's it. I think. But everyone was pretty good at that. You know, I had a, I had no real wrestling of egos the whole time. I was which quite is fortunate. which is amazing. Yeah, very fortunate indeed. Any standout highs and or lows? Any points where you were like, because it, 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 you know it, this. Over the course of the shoot, you go through a lot of emotions. It's tiring. Mm, yeah. It's full on long days, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Any particular, any points you're like, this uh, is amazing. I'm, a, I'm making a movie. You know, I, I, a few times I saw I'm you a film a star. Yeah. holding a shotgun <laughs> and you were like, you looked at me like, I'm, yeah, I'm, we, what, you know. Yeah, when we done that, when we dream. done that scene where I was on my own going through the corridors with a shotgun, that was pretty cool. And, and you know, I got kind of got that thing where I was spinning the, the, all in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> spinning, spinning the, um, what's it called? The steak. Yeah. I started thinking, yeah, maybe after this I could go for, you know, 007 or something. <laughs> but, um, but no, that was fun. But no, I've, I, the, the moments that stick in my mind and that re that really sort of made me feel proud was, was the big scenes where there was a lot of people. So like the scenes 
scenes when we were in the metal and there yeah. was all the people because you know it was you know everyone was looking at me it was yeah. you know it's my film and and I, I really felt like I was I, and I cast I, well I didn't cast but you know I, I got a lot of friends and stuff to be to be at, at, like extras do you know what I mean and, yeah and um uh, that had done minimal act, like minimal acting work and stuff. So, but they were there, and I was like, "Look at me!" So yeah, that's cool. That that's was nice. lovely. Yeah. Um, and I think the last day, one that was one of the highs. Um, I can't really think of any lows. No, I mean, probably the lows were just I'd never realised how long you had to sit around and wait. <laughs> and like, I know it's like a cliche, but I was like, "This takes the mick." Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? This isn't a vine. This yeah. is six I, seconds. This is. Yeah, I can remember Go one on. uh, standout, I think, to, to blow smoke up yours and Daniel's asses. Let's do it right now. But um, uh, as is the way of these, because, you know, you've got logistics that, you know, no viewer should ever have to think about. And, you know, why should they? But like um, there's Katie Makepeace, her her set, her office, all those props uh, uh, were rented. And we thought we had them for a certain amount of time. Miscommunication. Mm-hmm. No, they've got to go back a day early. But we've got one more scene to do, and then we're doing it tomorrow night. Now they're going back tomorrow morning, so you got to go, so that scene that scene won't happen. None that's of those shit. posters, none of those props, those all that all that medical equipment. That's not going to be there tomorrow. So, and I'd actually we'd move the scene in question. It's 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 actually just after. It's in the trailer. It's the it's the final scene. in The trailer that Einstein's Dracula's knew it. Fucking Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. That scene um, was uh, we had scheduled it for one night. We couldn't squeeze it in that night, so we moved it to you know yeah, another yeah. two nights' time. And it's like, no, that's got to happen now or never. And we're about to wrap. I go back to you and Danielle, and this is kind of how you know who you're dealing with. And I was like, guys, I'm so sorry, but um, yeah, we've got to do that scene now. And you both were like, what the fuck? We, do- I know you kind of had these lines in your head for last night, yeah, yesterday yeah. or the day before. Could you possibly, you know? And I appreciate. I'm throwing no, you in I can it. Remember, no, but I can remember another specific detail to that. We'd just done a scene where we was covered in blood. Yeah. So we had to clean it out of the blood. Do you remember? Yeah. I think yeah. We had to. We had to clean out. Was it then? We had to clean no. out of the blood to go in to get covered in blood, blood. to come yeah, out and to get right. cleaned out. Because yeah. you're a different level of blood. So, oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's a different so level. Yeah. You. The scene before was an end scene where they're completely covered in blood. Yeah. That scene is the first time you get covered in blood. So yeah. you have to get completely washed off. Yeah. Which is hard to take blood off oh, anyway. Man, it's really man. hard. Oh, it man, yeah, especially when like you're in an ice-cold prison. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? At like 9, 8.30 at night. You had like, you start to get a rash. A lot of the actors, you get, yeah. start to get, where your face is scrubbed and clean totally. so much. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I looked at you guys and you were like, I could see it in your faces. You were like, oh, fuck. But there was no, I mean, no. little to no complaint that I can remember. Probably when I left the room, I imagine you could, would have gone mad. <laughs> but, um... And then you guys come into the room and just absolutely... Na- and we my rattled fa- that scene That's out. one it's of really my fa- favourite scenes, that yeah. is. It's a I'm, funny scene. I, I, got, funny. I, she's so, I think she's so great with her lines. I mean, after you do years and years of EastEnders, I mean, you must become mm-hmm. just like a robot with lines. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I really... I just enjoyed that sort of thing with where I'm like all so, sort of soppy and don't know what's going on. And she's like the hard nut. I just yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, she, yeah. and you guys, we, uh, it was just like, look, I know, I don't expect to know all your lines. We'll rattle through it. We'll piece it together in the edit yeah. and we'll just, you know, we'll just, we'll we probably improvised it. But then, and yeah. then on the end, it's like you actually knew them, you know, yeah. pretty much spot on. And then, because we're going so far, I think we had 30 minutes to shoot that scene, Max. And because we're going so fast, you guys just kind of like, it was like very yeah. uh, free form and very loose and we all had a really good laugh. I yeah, it was and good. Uh... It's IMDb trivia now, but um, 
a f- slight flub was the Einsteins Dracula, and you accidentally said Einsteins and we loved it so much we kept it in yeah, Einsteins because it's funny it's yeah. funnier isn't it you yeah. knew what you were you doing went, uh, you went uh, no. Einsteins uh, no not Einsteins and it was like oh that's all we kept it oh, I didn't even know that that was wrong <laughs> I still don't oh, what no. do you mean well, there's not like... more than one <laughs> no. oh god so let's just yeah talk about DVD release yeah I think the, D- the DVD's out at the moment it was yesterday it was number five in overall comedy on Amazon yeah, and oh, I've got to check the comedy chart. Yeah, it's it yeah. five, number five in comedy in the world. That's mad. And number two, two in, horror. in horror. Number two in horror. It was number fifty-three in just overall DVDs on 39. Amazon. Oh, I'm not. I know in iTunes it's at thirty-nine. I mean, they'll. they'll I'm talking Amazon. Yeah. So, oh, see, I'm a more of an iTunes guy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so either way, it's doing well. So, so yeah, it's no, selling. it's doing well. And uh, you can see my Twitter. I think I've lost. I probably lost about. 2,000 followers on my Twitter actually over this just campaign because I'm just like every time someone says oh my god I'm in Asda I'm like retweet retweet so yeah. everyone's, everyone's people must be like we get it fanged up's yeah. out yeah. but we get it we love I get Asda. it from a lot of my because I, I retweet a lot I, I retweet a lot yours ever, and, I'm, and I'm sure a lot of my friends are like Jesus you won't stop going about this yeah. bloody film but, but you've got to be well no when I lose followers I, like, I feel like I'm shedding the fat totally <laughs> you know yeah mean? you don't want them yeah, anyway if you ain't interested in fanged up get off totally because if they're not interested in what <laughs> yeah. you're doing and actually yeah. buying and purchasing what yeah, you're these, doing then sod these off. are just big brother fans get yeah, off yeah exactly get <laughs> yeah. off <laughs> they yeah. voted me out anyway yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fanged up is out now do go support please support CJ in whatever way you can and Dan and, well yeah I was just about to come to that <laughs> and support Dan as well thank you so much yeah. for coming on the podcast oh, it's been a pleasure really appreciate it um, just a final bit of advice for anyone who wants to go write a screen play yeah. and who wants to make a film and be in one. Any advice you can give them? Yeah, I think um, don't ever wait for opportunities. I think that this industry is so difficult that you've, I know it's probably a bit of a cliche, but just if you find something interesting and you find it fun and you're passionate about about something and you write it and you try, if even if you don't get it right, if people can see you're passionate about it and that comes across in what you're writing, um, it might just take a couple of touches from a couple of other talented people mm-hmm. to get it right. So, yeah, man, chase your dreams. If I can have as many ups and downs as uh, as I've had and, and we could be sat here talking about my film, then I think anything's possible. And with acting, don't wait for a... Th- don't wait for a job, man. Just get online and start filming your own stuff, even if it's just for you and your friends and your family. Don't wait for, um, don't you know, get out there, film your own stuff and, and be creative. Just be creative. Love it. Great yeah. advice. Thank you so much. Really cool. Mm. I was going to say, Dan, what's next? Mm. Oh, for me, I've got, I'm off to do my radio show tonight. I've got my radio show. I've pitched a couple of ideas for TV and I'm trying to, I'm going to try and pin Dan Palmer down and yourself to yeah, to yeah, write something else. I think, yeah. So we've, we've talked about this. So yeah, they're, yeah. They're, oh, they're, can any secrets? Anything there, there, you can uh, a, divulge? At this there was stage? a lot of a lot of handshakes and uh, from investors. They seem very happy. Yeah. Uh, that, so at the time, I, yeah, 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 sure, sure. We'll see. So yeah, yeah but, so yeah. Okay, watch this space. Nothing. Good, you can't even hint anything about what it. Could no, be. well, I don't. Yeah. We need to brainstorm. We haven't even got ah, there yet. Yeah, but fine, but fine. I think I think that like what you said when we were outside, working the three of us from the ground up can only be better than them guys jumping on jumping on at the end love it well halfway through i think there's um i think also what's great is now you have positioned yourself as dan o'reilly yes there's a lot of room to breathe now and you know yeah i'm a christian as well saying that uh, i think that the interesting and the exciting thing would be to do something similar but me a little bit different do you know what i mean keep moving away further away from dapper absolutely and i Mm. I would want to you know I, i would definitely uh want to keep challenging you and doing stuff yeah. which you know you're uncomfortable with but you um, I say uncomfortable you embrace that um, so where can people follow you online what's I mean oh everywhere said, just yeah no, you can't, it, you can't 
can't not follow you it. You can't yeah. not follow Dan. Yeah. You, you, no, I think if you want to tune into my day-to-day life and see behind the scenes, my Snapchat's, my Snapchat's a little bit of my family, my work and everything. That's Dapper29. And then, yeah, Dapper's Instagram and, and, and Twitter is um, where I show off. So jump on there. And that's at Dapper Laughs. At Dapper Laughs, yeah. Perfect. And you can follow us at Filmmakers Pod. If you like this, tell your friends. Please do spread the word about filmmaking and what we do and get as many people as you can supporting us and listening. And we can only grow. And that's perfect. You can follow me at Giles Alderson on Twitter. CJ, where can we follow you? You can follow me, and please do, at C James Direct uh, on Twitter and uh, at Fanged Up Film. Uh, mm-hmm. That'll give you all your updates and where you can... Uh, where. Well, actually, no, it won't. I've been saying that, but actually you can get Fanged Up everywhere now. Fanged Up is available on iTunes, uh, Amazon. Uh, you can rent it, you can download it. Uh, I'd say go for the HD version, because the SD one, the transfer's not quite as good. But... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so you can get it uh, iTunes, Amazon, and DVD. Asda, HMV, Asda, HMV, Xbox, Microsoft, it's on there. Just support it because it means, and this sounds really corny and cheesy, but literally every single unit sold makes a huge impact. Yeah, on does, a little yeah. film like ours, it just makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and just yeah, just jump online, get on Fanged Up Film, and retweet and share. And if you like it, great. And we're really, we're really proud of the film. And uh, we, we, we're so happy we can be sharing it now. Yeah, Love let it. us know what you think when you watch it. Yeah, perfect. Support Indie Film. Thank you very much. Uh, and thank you, Daniel, for joining us on the Filmmakers Podcast. It's been a pleasure. It's been our pleasure too. And um, being prepared is everything. You can make your indie film. Know who your audience is and get out there and do it. Remember, if you're lucky enough to do well and rise up, it's your duty to send that elevator back down. Do like, share, subscribe to us on iTunes. The next show is out on Tuesday, as always. So we'll see you next Tuesday. Until then, stay well, work hard, and try to take another step forward to making your indie film. Bye, CJ. Ta-ta. Bye, Daniel. Bye for now. Bye-bye, all. Take care. Bye-bye. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. Check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com.